So I, if you've listened to the Zen bitch slap, the first thing, the first video we ever did, I feel like I'm far away from yeah, you know, are. Sort of a little too much space, you know. Yes. Yeah. The first video we ever did was to put out one called The Sheep and the Lion. Because I had been going to meetings sort of like these with much nicer people doing them, really. (laughs) And uh, I was listening to it, and um, after a while something dawned on me. And so let's say the message that they were saying was, you're the lion, yeah? You're the lion. You're the lion. You're the lion. And for some people it resonates, yeah? They feel, oh, that feels like, I hope so, or whatever. And maybe because if you feel like you're a sheep, then having qualities of a lion would be advantageous to the sheep, yeah? You wouldn't go easily for the next sweater shearing. You'd maybe put up a little ruckus and, you know, stand up for yourself. So, it sounds good. And then, so here's the message coming, like just right now. You're a lion, you're a lion, you're a lion, you're a lion, and it's coming, you're a lion, you're a lion, you're a lion, but then it hits something, yeah? Let's say the entrance, the ear, and then it immediately turns into, I can become like a lion, yeah? Because the mitt of selfing arises, catches the message, and it has to make it something that it can understand. It doesn't give up its own understanding to abandon itself to that, it, it makes that into something that it can understand. So, all right, you're a lion, you're a lion, you're a lion, you're a lion, and you're like this, and you're in agreement with that, but it doesn't translate as that. It translates as, I can become like a lion. That's not the message. Yeah? So, when I first started hearing the talks, I realized you have to be an ear doctor also. You've got to check out how people are hearing it, because... That idea of you're a lion sounds good, but it gets turned into, I can become like a lion. And what happens is, the sheephood is reinforced every step that you're trying to become like a lion, without you knowing it, yeah? So you think you're getting out of sheephood, but you're reinforcing the idea, the impossibility that you were a sheep, yeah? Your own effort is being used sort of in an opposite way. You're thinking you're doing and having yourself out of a condition, but your doing and having reinforces the imaginary condition as being reality. Yeah? So the sheep wants to become like a lion, but it reinforces its sheephood every longing, every nobility, every effort, every doing and having. Yes? Because the supposition, the assumption is in place. You're assumed to be starting at a reference point, which is sheephood, and that seems very uh, disadvantageous to you, so you want to become like a lion so you can have some advantages as the sheep. That's not the message. So in this job, for me, my job is to become obsolete, hopefully as quickly as possible. Now, it's not a good career choice, that's why I have to back it up selling shirts. And I'll start coming out with mugs and pens, pens and things like that. Because basically, the idea is you're going to hit, it's going to hit you, and then you'll like coming here, maybe. But the, the, the emphasis will be changed. You won't be looking to get. 
Yeah, you'll be sitting here just expressing. Let's say it's a totally different way. See, in in selfing, to me that's if you've listened to the website, selfing is a is a terminology I use because I don't even like to give the idea of self a credit of being a noun because it isn't. Yeah, there is no long-lasting independent separate entity. Yeah, but there's a mental process that's implying there is. Yeah. That's insinuating there is. That's that's uh, assuming there is. Yes. And how does it do it? How it does it is the mental process uses whatever it comes in contact with to facilitate this bondage to the idea of being a self. Yeah? So how does it do it? Well, it takes a thought and construes it, or or sets it up as your thought. It takes every feeling that happens through the body, and somehow it turns it into your feeling. A very special, unique feeling that you only have. Yeah? It takes all the seeing and says that you're the seer of it. It takes all the hearing. The hearing is forgotten, and the hearer is emphasized, and the heard is emphasized. Yeah? By moving this way and this way, you miss the whole meat of it. The meat of it is the seeing, the hearing, the feeling, the tasting, and touching, like Lord Buddha once supposedly said. He says, when you see, see. When you hear, hear. When you feel, feel. When you taste, taste. When you touch, touch. But what happens in the mental state is, when there's touching, there's a toucher and a touchy. Yeah. When there's a feeling, there's a feeler and there's the felt. When there is hearing, there is the hearer and the heard. And that way, you miss the obviousness of what's going on because your interest and attention, not in that moment of conscious contact, but in the interpretation of that moment. The moment of conscious contact, and we are conscious contact, yeah? We are the manifestation that's manifesting as conscious contact. Consciousness, not a body, is in contact here, yeah? It's moving through a body that facilitates to have five different experiences of contact, seeing, hearing, feeling, tasting, and touching, but none of those define the consciousness. If you had 20 senses, you'd be having 20 sense experiences. Just like you see, like some animals, they see through smelling. It's all the same seeing, all the same consciousness, but they can manifest through different doors or gates, yeah? So some animals see through smelling like whatever you call dolphins and whales, see through hearing. Yeah? So the seeing isn't defined by the faculty of the vision. Yeah? It's just going through that one door and therefore it experiences it as vision. Yes? So there's conscious contact and we are that. That is the pulse of life. You are consciousness in contact here. Yeah? Okay. So the consciousness in contact comes up and then the mental process becomes, notes it, and then claims it, and says, I'm the one who's conscious. I'm the one who's seeing. I'm the one who's feeling. I'm the one who's tasting. It happens very quickly, but it does happen in time. It's a process. And what you are, consciously, or aware, is timelessness. So you can actually see it, because you're there before it. But what happens is it's very quick, and before we come up into noticing it, we are after the fact. We now feel like we're the seer, yeah? And we feel everything starts from that. That becomes our false starting point, that I'm the seer. That's the established fact, but actually that's not. You're the seeing. 
You're not the seer. The seer is an, is a product of the mental process, and it takes time. And the good news is, you and I are timeless, so you can actually see it. Yeah, you can see it being produced or claimed. Yeah, and then you'll see. That awareness, let's say when someone's really, really depressed and they can describe it so clearly, where is that clarity coming from if they're so confused and bleak? Because mind isn't confused or bleak. It's, clear, it's seeing the confusion and the bleakness super clearly. You know, some people write an exquisite poem about the darkest depths of hell where there's no light to see, but they were the light seeing it. They were describing it as if it was in bright daylight because they're the light. They're not aware of the light, and now they're having an experience of being a someone who's in this deep, dark cave. But it's only a story. The freedom is prior to bondage, it's not after bondage, it's prior to bondage. Every freedom after bondage reinforces the belief that you are bound. That's the dilemma. The dilemma isn't that you haven't found a way to become free. The dilemma is there's a belief that you can be bound. That you're beholden to what's happening as the doer. You're beholden to what's being seen as the seeing. But as the seer, not as the seeing. The seeing is freedom from the interpretation. The seer is the base of the interpretation. And it is an interpretation. So this sense of self, when we were in supposedly this body in the beginning, there was no sense of self in the first 12 or 16 months of life. That baby has no idea that it's separate from anything else. Yeah, It took a, a formulation of the brain, and the mental process is of the brain, a formulation of the brain with consciousness moving through it, to get turned into a mental process to produce a sense of self, to produce it, yeah? It's not, has a no real reality, it has to be produced. So you have to remember self to feel it, yeah? To feel as self, it has to be remembered. Because self doesn't have any light of its own to emit. It has to be a past light, it has to be reflection. So the thought system is used to produce or to remember self. That's why your thought system values yesterday and tomorrow more than now. It's using now to think about yesterday and tomorrow. Isn't it? Your thought system is using the only moment there is right now to think about a previous past imaginary moment and a future imaginary moment. And our interest and attention has been dispersed out of this moment where it will enrich you into enslaving you as this action figure, a historical action figure who doesn't deserve a freaking break because you know you've done something you should never have done. You can, it's like a vice-like case. You cannot be fucking... There's no parole in the mental court, man. You're just living out a sentence. You can ask all your gods and saviors, but you know you, you shouldn't be saved. You should have gave your mother that money when you had it. You did it. You drove right by. You drove right by her house and bought a half a pound of Coke. Oh, I'm hypothetical. <laughs> never happens. I would never do that. Thank God I never did it. <laughs> There's a difference between responsibility and accountability. 
You're accountable. Like this is this is like a dog. If it shits on your lawn, I'm accountable because it seems to be my dog, but I'm not the dog. Yeah? I'm not responsible. I'm accountable. So this whole idea of selfing is this mental process that produces a sense of a self. Yeah? It's a vague feeling that happens, it arises every time there's an action that's noted by the mental process and interpreted as you're the actor. Every time there's a seeing and you're the seer, every time you're feeling, you're the feeler. Yeah? So it, it, it implies or insinuates there's someone there that's doing it or having it. Yeah? Always. It's insinuating and implying it. It's sort of like the old Zen thing, the finger pointing at the moon, but in this case there is no moon. There's just pointing, and your mind makes the leap into what's pointed at. Usually right now, through habit, it's just been happening so many times. The heist has happened so many times, you you take it to be the reality. So what happens if selfing is just the act of being identified as a self? There's no noun in that statement. It's all a verb. The act of being identified as a self. There is no self to be identified as, but it's the act of being identified as one. That's what the meant. That's what the mind is falling into. It's falling into the act, which is all day of being identified as a long-lasting, independent, separate entity. How is it working out? <laughs> How's it working out for you? Are you on a, like a, a layaway plan? It's going to be. I'm, there's going to be a great moment, but not this one. I'm working towards this mythical moment, but it's not now. I'm not okay, but I will be okay. That's so much better than being okay. I will be. I've got something to look forward to. So, this idea of feeling like you're a self has to be produced. So, look at your thought system. How does your thought think of you? When you're thought about five years ago, how are you pictured? As a body, yes? That's the only, that's the only weather vane the thoughts could circulate around. You can't think about your spirit five years ago because it's exactly as it is right now. There's no difference and no, there'd be no like degrees so you wouldn't be able to have an experience with it. It's sort of like gravity. Everyone here today in this town, whatever this town is, Glen, Glenview, if you went to a cafe today, whatever, Glenview or Glenvine or something. What? Glenside. All right, Glenside. So let's say I'm in Glenside, I'm at the cafe in Glenside, and I'm listening to all the conversations in the cafe, and not one conversation's talking about the effects of gravity on them. Yeah? Not one person saying, oh, my left shoulder is being... You know, push more than the right today. What's up? I must have done something wrong. Well, when you're walking up that steep hill, you blame the hill. You don't blame gravity. You don't even know the influence you're under. You can't even name it correctly. And the only way you're going to know the effects of gravity on you is if you go into an anti-gravity chamber. And by having the experience of its absence, you'll know about it. And that's exactly what it's like with selfing. When you see selfing not as you, you'll see selfing. When you're seeing selfing as you, you're looking from it. You're looking from it. It's a done deal. Now all you can do is try to manage things and try to hopefully make it better than you think it is, you know, or at least better than you thought it was. Yeah. But you can see it. See? 
And in seeing it, one of the times when there's a seeing of it, the emphasis, not on what's being seen, maybe it'll be on the seeing, and you'll get a glimpse of your original face. And it's not a face. You'll get a hit, yeah? And hopefully there'll be a shift of emphasis, and your attention and interest, though maybe sort of like fainting to go towards the thoughts about me yesterday and the thoughts about me tomorrow, but they won't have much fuel, because you'll know better now. And then an immunity will grow to yesterday and tomorrow. And then you'll finally be where you can never not be, here. But you'll be conscious of it. Instead of trying to get into the moment that you cannot possibly be out of, and trying to get out of what you cannot possibly be in, blue will be blue and red will be red. You'll have no confusion about metaphysical issues. you have confusion, where are my keys? You know, shit like that, or the directions driving here, but no confusion of what am I, all this stuff. You'll have the need to be liberated, will be dismissed totally. And that's the true liberation the liberation from the need to be liberated. You can't produce it, it's an effect. The mind gives up the dead occupation, and one of the effects is that you're here and it's obvious. You don't have to fight to be here. You realize you can never not be here. Yeah? All those books, I, used, I always used to think, because there was a big run. I don't know if they're still producing them, but how to be in the moment, you know. It's, <laughs> 200 pages how to be in the moment and then you know then addition to how to really be in the moment and then how to really really be in the moment you can't be out of a moment you've been at every scene of every crime in your life you were there you're here now I don't care oh I wasn't I didn't like him the surveillance camera has you what you're taking of you the body here yeah we're, we're running with these incredible, insane assumptions, and as soon as they take a little hold, it's just riffing, like John Coltrane. It's like walking into a jazz club and seeing John Coltrane and say, John, riff on the theme separation. I'm, I'm all there is, yet I'm longing for love. All these things that we feel, totally made up, based on an assumption that's insane. And then it has time and space to, to geometrically progress, and it does. Yeah? It does. More and more mental minutiae, and more and more and more and more and more. And then you, you're in an imaginary distance, and now you feel separate from yourself. So people hear these talks, and they do the, through the website, and then they email me, and they say, Oh, I noticed I was selfing all day. Yeah? Or they'd send, oh, the selfing's really been driving me crazy. That's not the message. It's the feeling of the one who's doing it, and it's the feeling of the one who's being done to by it. That's the sense of self. And it's not the ego. It's the feeling of the, it's that feeling that you have an ego. What is that that feels like it has an ego? And what, what is that that's still there when it loses an ego? That's the sense of self. That's the sense of self. That's not self because there isn't one. The self cannot appear here. It can only seemingly appear here to you and me by constant, incessant thinking about it yesterday and tomorrow. When you're doing something you love, what happens? You're not thinking about yesterday and tomorrow, and the selfing isn't being produced. 
And you call that like the peak experience of all your experiences. And yet, you walk out of the water, or you walk out of that bedroom, and you think you had it. You think you had the experience, and then it becomes incredibly infrequent. As soon as you arise and claim it, it doesn't seem to be what was going on. It's like an epiphany. You know, people have epiphanies. No one makes a reservation for an epiphany. No one calls ahead and, you know, all right, I took four hours off of work from 11 to 4. I got to be back by 4 to REI. I got to stock some new tents today. All right, Kenny G music, candles, nice eagle claw tub, and I'm having an epiphany. No, what happens? If you've ever had that event occur in your life, what happens? You're interrupted, aren't you? You're interrupted. And then your seeming starting point usually coincides with a string of thoughts that goes, I just had this incredible epiphany. Yeah? Then the epiphany's gone. Don't you notice that when you show up, everything seems to be gone? And then when you're gone, everything is fucking great? And you haven't put it together? The party sucks when you get there. You can't make it. It's not going to happen. You're not going to be there to have an experience of your own absence. And that's what we're wanting to have. Every time I shot dope, I wanted to forget about me. Yeah? You want to have an experience of your own absence, but it's not available. You can't experience what you are. All you can do is know what you're not. And by knowing what you're not, you'll find out what you are. You'll find out by its fruits. Just like Jesus said, you can't know the tree, but you'll know the tree by the fruits. Yeah? A good tree can't bring forth bad fruit, and a bad tree can't bring forth good fruit. You'll know the tree by the fruit. You can't know the tree by the tree. You are the tree. You can just see expressions happening, and then you get an intimation. Oh, I'm that. But the way I arrived there was realizing what I wasn't. Because if, it's, if the identification is in place, I'll make I'm that special or something, and, then, and it'll go to such an extreme level where I'll, I want to be a non-self as a self. Yeah? I want to be there when I'm not there. It's so, so clear and simple. You're prior to everything that's arising and departing. You're seeing it. In the deepest depths you've been in, that's why you can describe it so lucidly. The clarity hasn't been dimmed at all. Your mind is as clear as it always is. But the story seems more emphasized, and the more you're in the story, the less you're in that, seemingly. You can ever not leave it, but you can seem to leave it. Yeah? And seem is an incredible word. Well, we use it in recovery, seemingly. They, we describe a hopeless state of mind and body as a seemingly hopeless state of mind and body, which means it appears to be true or false to you. You see the role you play in everything? If you follow Buddhism and their point of emptiness, that everything is inherently empty of any being of anything, then we're giving everything the meaning it has. Yeah? And so if something feels so real, where is that sense of reality coming from? It's not growing in the thing. It's being given from you. We are the reality lending ourselves to things through this thing. Through the identification as this thing, we lend reality to things. And now we see things as real, and the space is not being important. Yeah? 
When you walk in the room, do you sense the space of the room or do you see the people in it and the chairs? Usually the, the latter. So if, I'm, if the thoughts are about me, first of all, I'm not going to go four years in the past about, and think about almost anyone else in this room. Nobody. Maybe a day or two, but not four years. The only reason why my thoughts, my interest and attention goes there is it's about me. Yeah? That's the only thing. The only reason why your interest in the thoughts are in your head is that they're your thoughts. If you had Angela's thoughts in your head, you'd realize they're crazy in a minute. But you've been listening to the same thoughts, veiled in being yours, and you've been listening to them for 30 years like the Greek oracle. So it's not the thoughts, obviously. It's the thinker. The thinker is where the meaning to the thoughts is distributed from. The thoughts are not bringing meaning to you. You're giving meaning to them through the thinker. You're giving feelings the meaning they they carry through the feeler. Yes? It's good to have the right diagnosis. Like if I had a rash and I didn't know what it was and I get about eight ointment things and I put some on and let's say one increases the rash. So obviously my idea would put more on it and then the whole leg is rashed out. Then I try another one. Finally one works. And I go, I read the, the thing. It's for psoriasis. Now I know I had psoriasis through the relief from the psoriasis. Yeah? Not through the psoriasis, but when I got relief from it, then I knew it. Yeah? This is the way of knowledge. The way of knowledge is through negation, not affirmation. Yeah? You realize something that was so, you entertain it may not be so, and in, ent- in entertaining that it's not so, it reveals what it is. Yeah? But while you're taking it to be so, and trying to run out of it and, and escape it, it's as so as it can possibly be. It's like being, it's a weird type of predator. The selfing has your attention, your mind, when it's running away from it. Not when it grabs it. It doesn't want to grab you. If it grabbed you, you would see it's not real at all. If it actually showed up in this moment, you would realize nothing showed up in this moment. But it, it fucking haunts you in yesterday and tomorrow. It runs down the hallway of time and chases the bejesus out of us. But here and now, there's no a threat. No threat whatsoever. If you're fucked up tonight, it's not based on tonight. No way. You'll be ba- fucked up by tonight, tomorrow night. When you think about what I said, you'll put maybe <laughs> fucked up, and then you'll, oh, I don't like that guy. But tonight, you have no fucking idea what's going on. <laughs> you don't. You're waiting for tomorrow to have an idea of tonight. You are. I'll wait till I get informed of how, what I did today. Have you ever had that? You're at work, and then you get home after, at 6, and then the head tells you you had a bad day. You were in the day the whole time. When, how could you not recognize it was bad? Oh, you, you had a bad today, day at work. Oh, yes, I did. Fuck them. <laughs> you were basically out to lunch the whole time. You're waiting for an interpretation. You're waiting for yesterday's news to be downloaded in your head. That's why we want to do such extreme things like jumping off bridges with bungee cords or shooting coke in the neck and shit like that. We're trying to have a fucking rush. We're trying to finally get located in the moment for once. Even if it's like a crisis of life and death. I used to get off on it. Let's speed up this fucking heart. 
you know, at least I felt for a fleeting moment I was alive, you know what I mean? But that's a little drastic, you know? And self can't get out of self. That's the whole point. There's a great master, Huang Po. I recommend a book. I don't do this often, but the teachings of Huang Po. Huang Po, translated by John Blofeld. You can still find it. It's an old Zen book. This is really cool because one of his followers was a scribe of the emperor's court. So when Huang Po gave a talk, the guy would write it down that night. So it's not like Buddha 300 years later. You're hearing it right out of the horse's mouth. And he says some beautiful things, and a couple of them are, you can't use the Buddha to seek the Buddha. Yes? You can't use the mind to seek mind. You can't use the light to seek light. You can do it for eons and nothing's going to happen. That's like that Zen thing where if you see the Buddha on the street, shoot him. Why does they say that for? Because in a way, you're throwing your own nature of Buddhahood onto that person. And of course, they necessarily have to fail for you to recognize that you are that which you're seeking. Yeah? Yeah. Any good savior worth his salt has got to fail you. Because you can't, you can't be saved. You were never lost. Yeah? You don't need to be released from bondage. You have to realize you were never bound. Yeah? The freedom is prior, not after. After is just a movement like a slinky. Bondage, freedom, bondage, freedom, bondage. And in a sense, it's a, like a long line of slavery. You're trying to get out of something that you're not in. You're trying to get into something you're not out on and on and on and on and on. But prior is the freedom. Prior. You're inherently free. Nothing that's ever happened here has left a mark on your mind, the big mind. Yeah? You are like that open sky that allows everything to appear in it, yet is not affected by any appearance in it. Yeah? The sky never gets wet when it rains. The sky, when a bird shits, it never lands on the sky. Fourth of July, you can have Fourth of July events every night for 365 days a year and it would not rip the sky open. Yeah? That's what mind is like. Incredibly vast and empty. Yeah? That emptiness is vibratingly alive, incessantly on, yeah? And its nature is awareness. So let's say here, let's say where this huge camera, very big open lens, yeah? really wide, HD, just really open. And then you're walking around and you see the smaller camera that has a fixed lock little aperture, maybe a very small hole. And then you, as the big camera, looks through the smaller camera just to see what it's like. And then something happens. It becomes identified as the smaller camera. And it forgets its hugeness. And it's putting its hugeness to this viewing of this small aperture. And it forgets its hugeness and now starts suffering the consequences that are promoted by that small way of looking at things. Yet all the while, it hasn't lost its camerahood. Yeah? It hasn't lost its wide-open lens. It's just forgotten it. Yeah? It's still thinking it's seeing, but it's seeing in a very, very vice-like view called self-centeredness. Yeah? Very, very small, with very limited possibilities, which you've gone over. Everyone in this room has touched every possibility self-centeredness offers. It's never that you're okay, the possibilities you will be okay, and that you were once okay. Yeah. So here it is. So now the camera seems to be locked into this experience, but it's only seemingly. 
It's only appearing to be true to it because of it looking through the small lens. What would happen if it recognized it wasn't the large cam- the small camera? It would have to do nothing. In other words, the view had never shifted, had never, had never been small, it had never become that small point of view. It just seemed to be while it was looking through it. There would be no, oh, I've got to become a large camera. It is the large camera. That's like mind. Right now, the mind is being dominated by a mental condition, a mental process that's put us into time. Yeah? Time and selfing are synonymous. You can't have selfing without time. Yes? And there's no time without selfing. You have to be remembered. Now, people think future is worry, but it's another form of remembering self. When you think about you as a body in the future, where are you remembering that body? You're remembering it now, aren't you? When you think about you in the past, where is that feeling of you being remembered? In the past or now? The seeker is the sought, but not as the seeker. The seeker is the sought as the seeking. Yes? The, the, seer, the seer is the sought as the seeing. Yes? Before it's been given name and form, there's still the seeing, the hearing, the feeling, the tasting, the touching, the consciousness. Now it's been given name and form, and now it's David who's conscious, David who's seeing. <laughs> And then David was seeing, and will, David will be seeing. Therefore, I'm seeing now as David. Yeah. It can't be true. It says That's why in recovery we call it the bondage of self. It doesn't say bondage to self, because that would give self too much credit. It would make it like a thing, like a chair. And I'd be bound to it, let's say, with a handcuff. And then I'd have to find someone who's good at releasing handcuffs to get freed from it. But it's the bondage of, which is an activity. Yeah? Your mental process is, is advertising you all day to you. Yeah? When you buy the you, the a uh, you that's being advertised, you crown it as me. Yeah? And then I dispute everyone here's experience of this. Everyone here calls this a you, but I beg to different, differ. That's me. Yeah? And then I see you as a you, never to see you as anything other, yet you think you're a me. Yeah? A special hybrid of the body and the soul or the spirit or somehow. Yeah? (laughs) I spent two years in a program of drug and alcohol because my managing brought me to a point where my life had to be managed by others. Yeah? That's the experience I had. <laughs> I'm not managerial quality. So, and for two years, I went in there. I didn't like them. I didn't like their ways. But I had to admit, my life looked better with them running it than it ever did with me running it. Because they didn't see me as a me. They saw me as a you. A junky you who's fucked up and needs some discipline. You know? All the while they were giving me these instructions, I was sort of resisting them because it's me. 
I'm not like all of the others here. Yes, I was. I was exactly like all the others here. And what worked for them worked for me, unbelievably. Because it wasn't based on me, it was based on the you. Yeah. I was just under incredible confusion because I always think this you implies me. When I see that you, it never implies me. It's, it implies you. But this one, there's a weird little interpretation of it. This you is me, somehow. It's, and I'm the only one in this room that's been crowned me by this, this event. And you've done the same thing. You see all the other bodies as you, as a you, but you call it me, this one. It's called the identification as a self. It's an activity of mind. It didn't happen ten years ago in Iowa or fucking Nebraska in some cornfield where you were tattooed with Paul and you're going to be Paul the rest of your life. It's an activity of a mental process that, Im- that implies and insinuates and the mind that's hearing it makes the leap or doesn't make the leap. If it doesn't make the leap, it sees the process. If it makes the leap, it looks from the process. If it doesn't make the leap, it sees it. If it, do- if it does make the leap into the identification, it looks from it. Yeah? It takes the looking as seeing, but it's not seeing, it's looking. And the self-centered looking is a form of blindness to the seeing. You'll never see the seeing through looking, ever. You'll never see the seeing through looking. You just realize there's no one looking, and that's the seeing. It's the opposite. It's the absence of the looker. That's the seeing. Try all your positive ways. We have. This isn't that. This is just a negation. A negation of what I'm taking myself to be. In Buddhism, my friend gets downloads. He used to be with Carlos Castaneda, you know, uh, Don Juan and all stuff. So he'd get downloads in his dream world, and some of them are for me. So he called me up just before this trip, and he says, I'm going to bother you, I bet. I think I'm going to bother you with this download, but they told me to tell you, whatever they are. You know? And he says, listen, you, you've got to get the real clarity between self and non-self, that it's neither. It's not a self nor a non-self, yes? And I'm sort of clear on that, but in the teaching, it's like I like what Ramana Maharshi says. You're walking down the street, and you realize something's bothering you. Your walking is bad. And after you blame the shoes and the sidewalk and shit like that, you finally take your socks off and there's a thorn in there. Yeah. All right? So then what do you do? You look around for another thorn and you take the one thorn to pull out the other thorn, the first thorn, yeah? yeah. You don't replace the first thorn with the second thorn. You throw both of them away. So the whole idea of negation is you're looking at this idea of being a self and there's a feeling that's being produced in most of us that's, that's, pro, that's uh, producing that or promoting that sense of being a long-lasting, independent, separate entity. So now we're going to question that selfhood with the opposite, which is the non-self, the idea of not being that, which is the other thorn. And we're going to use that thorn to take the first thorn out. We're not placing a new non-self thorn in there. We're throwing them both away. And then you find out what you are. Yeah. What's happening a lot in duality, in non-duality, is that there's selves trying to be a non-self, but as a self. No, both get thrown away. What, you realize what seemingly is the source of the bothering. You take this little idea, which is an understanding, you take it out, you throw both of them away, and then vision dawns on you. 
you start seeing from the truth. And then you don't need an understanding except when you're sharing it. If this is your seat assignment, then you share it as an understanding. But the understanding isn't it. It's vision. You're seeing. Yeah. The understanding is there as almost a substitute or as a secondary phase to support the seeing. But when the seeing stabilizes, there's no need for an understanding. It's extra weight. And this is totally economical. You totally get kept getting pared down. More and more gets stripped away. And it's totally shown to be unnecessary. Now you're, you're resting and relying on light and light alone. Seeing and seeing alone. Yeah, yeah. It translates as a traveling lighter. Stabilized for, for a long time. Yeah, It doesn't say it's going to promise the geography of your life's going to change. You may get sick, you may not. Your husband may leave, he may not. But you'll travel lighter over it all. And what more do you want, really? We're saddled with these new terms like, like enlightenment and peace what, and awakening. What has they done for you? Has it even, hasn't it even agitated you more? Now you have something else to measure up and you always seem to lose. I'm not enlightened. I should be enlightened. Who says that? You know what I mean? The light means sensation of all suffering. But I see people using it to produce a lot of suffering. You know, peace is being used to produce a lot of peace, uh, suffering. Because if you entertain peace and you're in selfing and then you're of time, you'll think, will I be at peace tomorrow? Therefore, the agitation arises. Agitation always arises in selfing. And what it touches, it's going to override. Yeah? It's going to make the peace something that's going to support the agitation. It's not going to be tamed by the peace. Not if you've claimed it. Not if the selfing has claimed it. It will be put to use to reinforce the sense or the bondage of self. I've seen it. I've seen realizations turn into my realizations, and they're not doing that person a damn bit of good. Yeah? They're collecting realizations, like, you know, big game hunters. They have their little spiritual mantelpiece. And oh, I was in Bali. It's always Bali or somewhere, you know. I was at, not at Kmart or, you know, fucking Hoboken or something. Oh, and I, this epiphany came over me. So, and I called the Epiphany Hotline, and they verified it. And there it is, 2004. That was the biggest one I ever had. What a, what a battle. What a battle itself, until it finally surrendered. Oh, you should have saw me on the cliff with my hair blowing, and my ex-girlfriends, and I surrendered to self. No, it's not like that. It's ordinary dog shit awareness. You're just incessantly on, and you're aware of it. <laughs> Don't be fooled by loving gazes. They could be all right, but shit. It's not, you know. Whatever, whatever. <laughs> Don't get me started with that stuff. No. So what? What's going on now? Oh, any questions? <laughs> I don't want to beat the dead horse. This is an imitation, very simple. It's not a dissertation. More isn't necessary. More isn't going to, may, may, may or may not work, but it's an invitation. It's a message. You know, it's delivered. Everyone's received the spiritual subpoena. 
you'll be called to your own court of light and let's and see what happens yeah let it it's already in i have total faith in mind this is how it happened with me i just went to a satsang someone else and i was sitting there and something was said and it didn't even matter what was said but it's the first trigger it set off was i raised my hand and i shared with the lady and i said man I just wanted to share this. It just hit me. I came in this room and I thought I was observing these mental states arising, yeah? But I assumed what was observing it was me, but I just realized that was a mental state, yeah? And so this is what happens with realizations in a sense. Here's a realization. This is a safe realization. It's like this, right? Opens up. But it's, there's still a lot of you there, right? Opens up and it keeps getting wider and wider. But then what happens is this opens up like this and then you're seen yours this is seen from over here goes like this boom 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 and then, and then you go oh 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 i didn't sign up for then <laughs> 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 the gig's over because <laughs> then you go try to look back and you can never look behind the camera you're not there you're always in front of the camera your content in manifestation. The assumption is you're behind the camera. You've never been behind the camera. There's an old Monty Python skit that we changed. They come out of this English garden, you know, but they have African safari hats, and they're like all starving. They have no water, and they're all dying. And then they realize, but there's someone you know, filming us. And then the film crew shows up. And they have water and sandwiches. And they go, oh, I've been saved. And they go, what? But someone's filming us. Oh, and it just goes on and on and on. You're never behind the camera. You're never, the sense of you is never behind the camera. The sense of you is always in front of the camera. Its impl implication is it's behind the camera. It's never stepped behind the camera. Yeah, this happened to me about eight times, and then I got the principle. I was this would happen, and I'd realize, oh, now I'm in the state of being, seeing all these mental, emotional states, and then, oops, oh, now I'm in the state of being. And every time I took a position, it was shown to be a position in front of the camera. I don't didn't need eight hundred more experiences of it. I got it after about eight. I said, okay, there's never, I'm never gonna be back there as this exactly. Because you're not this. Yes. Listening to your words or reading Ramana Maharshi and contemplating on it, I've had that experience of the epiphany, and then of course I make it something as an object and negates the whole benefit of it. And so my question is. If self can't get out of self, Ramana Maharshi talks about self-inquiry. If you just earnestly inquire about the nature of who am I, that you're able to get past that and somehow get beyond the mind. Well, the thing is, what I think his thing was, you use the self-inquiry like the two thorns, both of the mental state, yeah? And yet then it will lead you for the mental state to diminish enough that you'll sense another state that's available, being. Yeah? Once, you, once you land seemingly in the being, there's no landing, you're there, then there's no need for inquiry, now just rest there. So really what's happening in a lot of ways, we're overly, uh, we have an, like a, 
almost like a overactive thyroid gland as the mental state. Yes, it's overdeveloped. It's got most of our intention and interest. Yeah, is up here. With and so what happens is the self inquiry diminishes the mental state by turning the light on its seeming source with itself, and there's no one there, right? So as soon as the center of the system self gets weakened, the whole system weakens, and then it's very easy for the mind to recognize being, yeah? Because its, its nature is to reflect, yeah? Right now it's reflecting mental states and taking them to be real. Now it starts reflecting the being and sees it as real, Yeah? And so then you rest there. Now, if it seems like you have moved from there, which you can't, but the mental state can, and your identification seems to go with it, then you ask yourself that question again, who am I? And then if an answer comes up, it's me, ask that, who is this me? And there'll be a pause, yeah? The, the the, The activity of selfing will stop, and there'll be a pause, and that's what you are. Is that a pause of awareness? There's no one there, and that's what you are. You are where there's no one there. That's what I am. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I did the self-inquiry for years when I first heard about it from Ram. And I went there where he lived. He had obviously passed away. But I really wanted to see where he lived because I got a lot out of when I read his books. You know, his first book, the, uh, the one that had like five years of talks. You know, the talks of Raman Maharshi, I recommend that too. And I once I did it on a plane going to Australia, and I was asked myself those questions, and it was almost like something, it's like, here we are in this room, and then nothing changed, but the room dropped down 10 feet. It was sort of like that. Boom, 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 And I just, what I am just came popping up and replacing me, <laughs> you know, for like hours. And then sooner or later, the emphasis is going to move out of from what you're not to what you are. Yeah, it's going to happen. It may take the first time. It may take no time. It may take the eightieth time. But one of the times, the emphasis isn't going to go into the story. It's going to stay prior to the story, and that's where you—that's what you are. Yes. Yeah, and then what happens is you travel lighter as this because you are not this. You don't make this doesn't get become a super refined, special, great running this. You, it gets to do a lot better when it's not you. Yeah? When the, the, the emphasis of being the center of the universe is removed from it, it's like a giant sigh of relief. Yeah? The urban renewal, you know, renewal project gets cut shut off. You're not working on yourself all day. You ever see that Lowe's department store? They've got a motto, never stop improving. <laughs> That's like the urban renewal project. Never stop improving. No, you stop improving. You're just fucking fine. (laughs) I swear to God, all that money going into those fucking buildings, forget about it. You're never going to find an authentic self in any of them. There isn't one. No one is home. Yes. So, one of the most powerful things that you said, um, at least to me, in a, in a talk, actually, I think I saw this one on the internet, and maybe you could share more about this, um, was your definition of hell. 
and what I recall, I don't know if it was your, I won't give you, but your definition of hell was um, being in a moment and wishing it was different than it was. And it, like, it was like, you, you were giving an example going cross country with someone that you really didn't want to be with, and it was very, like... Me. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it was a long trip, and he came back with me, too. But it really, it really helped me recognize in myself how, how frequently I do that. Did I say that? I don't remember half the shit. <laughs> I don't. I gotta copyright it. I gotta go over it because I don't remember. Someone just did it to me last night. You know the the story of the hourglass? I said, no, I have no fucking memory of it. <laughs> but it worked for you. That's the point. Yeah. Once it leaves here, it's out of my jurisdiction. You know, you're gonna make it something anyway. That's what you're gonna make it something. You're never gonna hear it as I feel it, and it's not meant to be that way. Yeah. You're going to recognize it, and it's, it, it's going to communicate as you. You know, It's going to reverberate as you. This isn't a cookie-cutter thing where we all wear the same outfits, like you know, pink leisure suits with white belts, and you know, we laugh at the same jokes. And we, no, it's not like that at all. You're going to be like a free-range person. Yeah? Seriously. You'll be more than an individual when you realize you're not an individual. You'll be more of one. The quirkiness will go to extremes because you won't give a shit anymore. <laughs> you know what I mean? You, know, you realize you've been saving your, losing your ass and saving your face, and then you realize, shit, I thought my face was my ass, but it ain't. Yeah? <laughs> so fuck the face. <laughs> so hell is, you can take one person, drop them in heaven, and if their mindset's a certain way, it'll be hell. You override everything. You and I give everything all the meaning it has. It's a, it's a lesson from The Course in Miracles. Lesson two. A very profound lesson. You and I give everything all the meaning it has. This is what's going on. Some, when you're not feeling well, let's say Monday, this is a problem. Next day you're feeling pretty good, it's not a problem. Next day you're feeling bad, it's a problem again. What is it? Is it a problem or not a problem? It's neither. It's the meaning you give it based on your condition. Never on its condition. Unless you get into certain mental diseases like codependency where your condition is based on someone else's condition. Yeah? Have you ever met people like that? I have people, they want me to call this person. I said, well, you've got to get their sons and daughters together because his condition is based on theirs. So I've got to talk to all five of them. Yeah? Because his condition is based on their conditions. Yeah, this is what happens here. In, in this world, what are we confronted with daily as an action figure? We're confronted with like four states going on. we got the circumstantial and situational state. You know, job, you know, relationship, this and that. We have the physical state. We have the emotional state. We have the mental state, and there's other states I won't even get into, energetic and stuff like that. And then we have what we call the spiritual state, but that's just conceptualized by the mental state, usually. Yeah? So, all right. So, now we're a mental idea, and the mental idea doesn't have an established condition in and of itself, so it gets its condition based on all these other conditions. So it's attempting to manage and control these other conditions, like my outside circumstances, my relationships, 
trying to manage, like, when you go to yoga, you're trying to manage the physical condition, you're trying to manage the emotional condition, your mental state is, and you're trying to uh, manage the mental state. Now, it's very difficult because these states are very volatile, and they're affected by other things, yeah? They're not stable states. Like, you can be going well, and then suddenly rear-end and wreck your car in one second, and now your circumstantial condition has changed. Now you've got to go to the tow place, and $65 a day, the car's in there, and they're a little fucking ground. You're paying rent. You can't get it out. You don't have enough money. So now your circumstantial and situational state's having a big effect on your emotional and mental and physical state. Yes? So now let's say you do eight hours of yoga, you walk out of AMA, which would never happen here, but AMA center, but your mind's fucking going wild. It doesn't give a shit if you've got fucking Superman body, you're not feeling good, yeah? You can have four Jaguars in the garage, it doesn't mean a damn thing, your mental state will override anything in there, yeah? Now you have your emotional state, and fuck that, you have no idea what's going on there, right? (laughs) And so here you are attempting to get these, all these states stabilized so that they reflect you because you think if I get this this right and that right this right it will translate into me being right does yeah okay let's say you come out of Ama Center you have a Jaguar your trophy husband or wife is waiting for you adoringly with a latte and a, and a muffin you know, a bacon muffin that's right. you're going to go on your three week trip to Barcelona by a private plane you're feeling fucking tip top shape you got tons of money in the bank or all like this okay so and, and you feel right finally oh I feel so right and it's 9.01 in the morning I feel fucking great but what happens 9.02 shows up 903 shows up. The states get fucking volatile. The car gets whacked. Yeah? The plane gets the plane gets canceled. Da da da. The trophy wife is seeing another trophy husband or something. Yeah? So now suddenly your condition that seems so stable at nine o'clock is totally unstable by nine oh one and you've got twenty three hours and fifty eight more minutes to manage it all day. That's fucking slavery. You can't have a sense of your own worth because you don't have any worth in the mental idea. You have to accrue it. You have to gain value. You have to impress others to see the value so that you feel that you actually have it. And if one person in a room disagrees, that's the person you think about the whole night. It's like trying to put four blocks on a bunking uh, you know, bucking bronco. You're never going to get it right. And if you do, it's not going to be right the next minute. You've got this giant wave of time that's changing the current and the tides of all these states. The only rest is in the unstate, the prior state. You want to use the word spiritual state. The spiritual state can outshine all the other states. Yeah. Yeah. Right now, the mental state is dominating. It forgets the spiritual state, and the mental state outshines the other states. You can have the greatest body and still be fucked. Yeah? You'll think people who have a million dollars, they have a belief that it's not enough, and they'll be anxious about it. It's Jesus, it's just... The only way you can get out of this is realize you are never in it. You 
have to see the problem is imaginary and stop fucking trying to get out of it. And if you stop getting out of it, trying to get out of it, you'll realize you are never in it. But you'll never realize you are never in it by trying to get out of it. What do you do if it's an imaginary problem? Absolutely nothing. How much time will it take to solve that imaginary problem? No time. If it takes time, it's now been made a problem. Yes? Once it's made a problem, you want relief from it. Yeah? Now you'll seek to get relief, and now the problem has you even more. You start meditating when maybe you enjoy it, and then after a few years of meditating, if you miss the morning meditation, the, the interpretation of that day is it's going to be bad. So you try to run home at lunch, get the hour in, so, and it's all you playing fucking God all day. Yes, that's not freedom. That's totally conditional. Yes? So, how does one work the 12 steps without selfing? Well, you allow them to work on you. You allow them to work on the self. That's what you do. Yes? Well, in the meetings, are very ta- uh, the 12 steps seem very task-oriented. Yes, it's how you hear them, you know. I know. I, uh, when I'm working with someone in recovery, I present it just like it presents in the book. But the spirit that's involved there, see, the mind lends the meaning to the book. You know, the book doesn't lend the meaning to the mind. So if your mind starts shifting, you'll shift out of doing and having. And yet you're totally okay in doing and having. Because it's appropriate when the, in certain levels of mind. Yeah. Let's say if someone's house is on fire and they really believe it, I'm not going to talk about there's no house and there's no fire. Mm-hmm. I'm going to tell them where the nearest pail of water is. Yes? Mm-hmm. That's flexibility. You don't get stuck anywhere. Mind is manifesting on a lot of levels. But the mind itself isn't affected by any of those levels. Yes? So. It's like you do a personal inventory without without. Exactly. Because what you're looking at, if you really look at the fourth step, if you read it, there's a point point in it. Do you mind? I'm going to say something about recovery, all right? It's helpful to anyone, really. Because everyone's recovering from something. The original dis-ease is (laughs) self-centeredness. Yeah, all the other addictions is trying to get to relief from self-centeredness. The original addiction is self-centeredness. Yeah? All right, so on page 64 of the book, in the inventory process, it says, being convinced, which means to believe with, you know, in, with certainty, being convinced that self, and we're talking about a small s self. Ramana used to use the big s self. Yeah? All that there is, all that type thing. We're talking about the sense of being a someone. Okay, so being convinced that self manifested in various ways is what has defeated us. It's a beautiful statement because he's separating the two. There's self and us. Yeah. Now, what I found, what allows it to defeat us through its manifestations is when we're identified as it. All right, so follow. So, self manifested in various ways is what has defeated us. If we're convinced of that, we will now look at its, meaning self's, common manifestations. And the next paragraph is resentment. Yeah. So, follow this. Resentment is an expression of self in, through, you, through you into life. Yes? Fear is an expression of self. Harming other people in pursuit of what you want is an expression of self. 
and all those other attributes. If you ever look at the word self in the dictionary, and then there's a hyphen, and there's like 90 different adjectives, and about 70% of them are negative in a way. Self-immulation, self-hatred, self-destruction. It's just unbelievable. Self, spirit only has one word, and then, you know, self has 90 manifestations. You know? So these manifestations are defeating us. Yeah? Self is defeating us through its manifestation. But what allows that to happen? It's the identification as self. Because when you're identified as self, you'll describe the effects or the manifestations of the parasite called selfing as yours. You'll be identified with its manifestations, yes? You'll say they're your resentments, your fears, your harms done to others. And it's the your that bounds you, not the resentment and the fears and the harm done to others. Those you can be accountable for, but the your makes you responsible for them. That's the bondage of self. Most people in AA, they talk about it as you're doing an inventory on your resentments, your fears. But if you read it, they're not yours. Yeah? Selfing is a parasitical movement. It's taken seemingly this opportunity to, tra- to express itself through. It's using you and me as this, as transportation. Yeah? You go to meetings, don't you identify with the people who share sometimes? You identify with their thoughts, their feelings, and their reactions to life, then how could they be yours? They're not your thoughts and your feelings. They're alcoholic thoughts and alcoholic feelings. The parasite doesn't have an infinite amount of characteristics. It produces a huge amount of effects through all the hosts that it's taken over. Self-centeredness is what alcoholism affixes on. Alcoholism couldn't grow without self-centeredness in place. Self-centeredness is the original dis-ease. That's why we get loaded. We want to get out of self. But we're trying to get out of self as self, and that's why it's not working. But we're going the other way. We're questioning, have you ever been a self? If If you haven't been it, nor will you ever be a self, then there's no need to get out of it. And that's the experience of being out of it is based on the realization you were never in it. That's what stabilizes. That's what the problem will not exist for you, which is an experience. It will turn into the experience, the, pro- the problem doesn't exist as you, which is a state. Yes? Mm-hmm. People are having an experience every once in a while that the problem doesn't exist for them, but to stabilize is when it doesn't exist as you. The root of the problem is identification of self. It's not obsession with self. That's what the mental state does to reinforce the identification. By constantly being obsessed over you, it applies this this glue that makes it seem like you're that. Yeah? Because it can't actually do it, it has to apply it all day. It's like a glue that has no stick, but if it's put on all the time... You ever see a helicopter thing and it's going really fast? It looks like one big thing. That's what it's doing. It's gluing it so many times so it looks like I'm a self. Yeah? But it isn't true and never will be true. I'm getting feisty now. Throw this at fucking Newman. Getting feisty? Yes. Any questions? More? It's just an invitation, you know. We're not trying to win you over. Just put it out there. See what happens. Entertain the possibility.
see what happens. You know, if you start traveling lighter and it stabilizes, you're onto something. Your mind has an innate ability to entertain. The only thing it's limited by is the possibilities. It does hear or doesn't hear. It hears a certain strain of possibilities over and over again, all day here. We're trying to drop in some different possibilities. Let's see what happens. Let's see what happens to what is real lending meaning to everything that isn't real. What would happen if what is real lent meaning to what is real? Yeah, find out. Find out. After you're making all these things seem so real, how many earth-shattering events do you have and the earth never shatters? Yeah? <laughs> when is it like, this is the problem? And then I, I, some guy calls me, oh, I'm having the problem. And is it the same the problem you had three months ago? No, this is the problem. It's always the problem. Yes? But it never the problem. You're the problem. You don't have a problem. You're the problem. You're in the activity of what you call the problem. And the double whammy is you're you're trying to get out of it. And you've never been in it. And and we have communities that make it noble. And they give you, you know, like belts, like blues and black belts of your spiritual... Adepts. We just had a joke tonight. I gave out to my friends a certificate of awakening. <laughs> I sure wish I should have. I should have brought some with me. We had a little ceremony. It was great. <laughs> I wanted to get a stamp. Oh, here it is. I wanted to get a stamp. <laughs> so, like, from the spiritual notary, spiritual notary public. Oh no! Yes, this one. You want me to read it? It's pretty good. You have glasses. Yeah, I'm trying to read it. You want to read it, honey? Anybody's? Can you see it? Julie will do a little rendition. Come up here. Sit there. Julie's taking over. I'm looking for the light. I need the light. So this is this is all. Man, I'm going to send you a copy. You give me your address at night. And I'll stamp it and I'll send you one this week. All right? Ready? Here you go. It is hereby certified that as of now, you discovered nothing and realized that you are nobody. You now understand that there is nothing to understand because nobody understands nothing. Consequently, you learned that your search for the truth was a big joke and that you are the butt of the joke. Yes. After your search ended, you discovered who you thought you were was not who you were, and that who you are is simply what is. You are now free to enjoy being what you are, even though you don't know what that is. (laughs) You are free because no matter what you do, you are free because no matter what you do, you will always be doing exactly what you have been doing. <laughs> which is what you were already doing before you discovered that that was what you were doing. <laughs> you now know that every person you meet, including every homeless bum, criminal, alcoholic, drug addict, and otherwise disreputable person, is you. You therefore never, you therefore must never speak ill of anyone because you will be spreading rumors about yourself. In the same way, you can never be proud of anything you do because... Um, it is not you who is who does anything. Because you now know that time and space are imaginary, you know that you are always here and now, wherever that is. Henceforth, you will never forget that you are, you will never forget that who you are is beyond name and form, and that your past personhood was a product of imagination. 
Now you will always treat other people as yourself because you know that they are yourself. You now know that the secrets of all secrets, that there is no secret. Everything is lying open and in plain sight. You can now relax and have a good laugh at having found something that was never lost. You are hereby declared to be an official member of the Brotherhood Sisterhood Ithood of Sacred Emptiness. Having finally seen the big picture, you now know that all the little pictures are imaginary, and that the big picture is also imaginary. <laughs> You've discovered that you are God, that you and God are one, and that God has an enormous sense of humor. You are therefore authorized to talk incessantly about whatever you have discovered, understanding that what you have finished saying, when you're finished saying everything you can think of to say, you will have said absolutely nothing to nobody, and nobody will understand what you're talking about anyway. Signed, signed by your own self, president and only member of the Club of Cosmic Consciousness. You are the only member of the club because there is only one available to be a member. Anyone else could be president if there was anyone else, but despite searching high and low, nobody has ever found anyone else. <laughs> Author unknown, or was it you? Uh, thank you, thank you, thank you. So, give me your mail and I'll send one to you. Just send $10 and uh, an and, uh, unsigned check. <laughs> what? Oh, you want to make copies? Oh, sure, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Here you go. William, well, I gotta choose, so I'm gonna look at everyone. I'm gonna gaze in everyone and pick out the ones. So. Wait, can I just tell you one thing that I don't think you want an unsigned check. You want a sign, but blank. Oh, blank check. Oh, yes, yes. Thank you, thank you, thank you. She's my assistant. Yes. Don't worry, Ronnie. We just got that on tape. So, any more questions? You two guys, you're having a good time today. Yes, yes, good. It's good to see you there. All right, well, great. So, what? <laughs>